It's kind of dark in here. Maybe that's part of it. I hit the record button. <laughs> <laughs> so what? It's still dark in here. It's dark ciders in here. It's dark ciders in here. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. Welcome, welcome to another episode of Chips and Bits. Today, as Matt has kindly pointed out already, the, we are talking about Darksiders 2, a game that will live in infamy. Oh yeah? No, it won't. So, I'm Kenny Myers, and uh, this is my buddy. Matt Anderson. And we're on Third Avenue Radio. Hey, you remembered. I remembered because done. you know we gotta represent. That's we can't true. we can't just tag that shit on at the end. No, we should not do that. No, but we're very excited still to be on Third Avenue Radio. Yeah, it's been swell. Yeah, it's actually been very easy for us. Yeah, it's been very swell. <laughs> um, yeah. So Dark Siders Two. Uh, where should we start? Uh, well, we could start with uh, how excited we were for it. Oh man, so excited. Because if you listen to our Darksiders podcast, which feels like an eternity ago, but apparently we've been podcasting for almost two years at this point. And I don't think it was actually its own podcast. I think it was, you know, mixed in with another another podcast. Right. I could be wrong. I think you're right. I think it was when we were in our original terrible format instead of this awful format. Yeah. Um... And we love Darksiders. And yeah. I played it first, and I thought it was an amazing game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just thought it was the best combination of things. Um, and it was really well polished, and it looked... I mean, I think above all else, the, the look of it sold me more than anything. Uh, and I told Matt he should play it. I think he'd really enjoy it, at least just looking at it for, you know, the 20 hours it takes to complete. Maybe less. I, 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 barely, I remember I had barely heard of it. When you, when you brought it up. I, I think I had one friend mention it. It was what we call a sleeper hit. Yeah. It did well over time, not initially. Yep. Um, and so, and we both loved it. So when the potential, uh, because the plot of the games centers around the, a horseman of the apocalypse, of which there are four, when we found out the sequel focused on uh, this, one of the, his brothers, of the character in the first game, uh, we thought that was a really interesting twist, and yep. we thought it could be a really good game. Yes, that is totally correct. And what we got was an okay game. Yeah, really okay. It was just a really okay game. Uh, I... It, it was one of those games where you play it, and you feel like they had all the time in the world for the first quarter. <laughs> they were getting under some pressure in the second quarter of the game, and then the last quarter of the game, well, I guess not a quarter. I guess that would be a third, technically. Mm-hmm. Uh, the third act of the game, they're like, oh, fuck, this comes out in three weeks. Yeah, it's almost like the entire game itself is, is, a, is a metaphor, a, a living metaphor of THQ. <laughs> okay, go explain that. Well, I mean just that, like, I, I bet that if you go back and you parallel the development of this game with what's going on at THQ, as yeah. far as their success. Well, it's their credit. Uh, visually, the game is as well done as the first. It's just, it's very visually interesting. Yes. Well, and it, and it started out not just visually interesting, but like I thought the, the, the way that they started it was they just throw you right into this weird epic story, and 
they didn't do that thing in the beginning where they re-explained everything and, you know, treated you like a little kid, like, I don't know, like, maybe, like, Assassin's Creed 3 is currently doing to me. Um, and then uh, you just kind of went right into it, and I was feeling very heroic, and I was like, yeah, let's get this party started. And everything looked great and felt great and was playing great. And uh, what, there was, like, what, four worlds? Yes, there was four different worlds. Really, though, there was, like... Two and a quarter worlds. <laughs> well, yeah, but, and that's where I'm going with it. Is that it's like that whole beginning slash get into the first world was just like phenomenal. If that was the game itself, yeah, this is another one of those scenarios that doesn't happen very often. But I almost would have preferred if the game was only six hours long and it was just that first level and just highly polished, right? And just yeah. like just work on that because everything past the first, it was just a tank after the first world. Yeah. Uh, well, I thought the Dead World wasn't that bad. So there are, like, four worlds. One of them is, like, the world of the makers, like, these planet forgers who have such a cool wait, wait, mythology. the makers? Well, they're, like, creators. What are they called? No, I'm just giving you shit. I think they're shit. actually called the makers. I'm just giving you shit. Listen, that's an actual mythologic... <laughs> like, they're applying that differently than the bullshit term used in web community to mean anything and everything. Yeah. And nothing at the same time. <laughs> yeah, I think they were called the makers. They were. Um... <laughs> And then the second world was, like, the, the land of the dead. Land of the dead, yeah. And it actually expanded. Like, the way these worlds worked, it, it expanded the mythology of the series, which is, fin- which is really well done. I yeah. mean, even at the end of Darksiders 2, I would say that the mythology, the, the stories they built, perhaps not the main stories that we played, but the stories they built around it is actually really cool. Yeah, the concept's awesome. Which is in- also incredibly sad because... Uh, THQ just had their Q3 earnings report, which included Darksiders 2, mm-hmm. and the game sold 1.2 million copies, which for a lot of games would mean incredibly successful. But because but for a company depending on a one game, <laughs> unfortunately, it probably means that we won't see a Darksiders 3. It's just really, really well. It's not as sad as I thought it was going to be, but still very sad. Well, it got even more sad when the creative director of the company, the one pretty much behind the stylized look of Darksiders, left recently. Yeah, he was basically just like, peace, I'm out of here. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) probably because they no longer were going to continue Darksiders. Well, and probably just because I imagine that a lot of the frustration that we're currently voicing in this podcast uh, didn't make him feel very good. Yeah. About his creative baby. Yeah, so... I think this is it for what was potentially one of the coolest franchises we've ever played. Yeah, it's uh, yeah another good upstart, and it would have been really, really fun. Why didn't you buy this game? I know it wasn't that great in the end, but you should have all bought this game. Yeah, you should have. Not, not because, I mean, you would have, it was, you play it through, and you don't, it gets less enjoyable as it goes along, but it's never terrible. That's true. Well... Except the ending. The last, the last <laughs> boss fight is terrible. But the rest of the game, the way you go through it, doesn't... I mean, I mean that's 98% of the... Well, no, it's... that the Literally, the last boss fight is... You walk into a room. But you don't even go through a huge dungeon or anything. You've been trying to get to this room. This room. For well, the what you thought game. was like a huge. Tr- yeah, just, you thought it was a portal and a big huge, or maybe like a tre- like a treasure room that was containing just like the master key to something. You don't know what's in there, but you know that it's like really hard to get to. <laughs> and you finally get in there and you walk in the door and it's like, "Hi, I'm somebody you've never met, and I'm going to kill you." No, it was somebody you've met. Go ahead. Who was he? It was the guy you you killed. He was one of the Nephilim. Well, right, but you've, 
you've met him via cutscenes. Well, you've met him. Well, there was also that. Yeah. You, sorry, and also you know of his previous. Well, he's like your human form. Well, right, because you killed him. Anyways, my point being, the build-up to this is purely in text and story. Right. There's no, there's no lead-up to it in the game itself, other than you just know that something's well, going to be. Well, I would, I would disagree because the threat, what the power that this guy has, is ambient. It's like throughout the game, it's the force of throughout the game. Supposedly, although it only took about ten hits. <laughs> well, no, but I mean, it's like he blocks the doorway to the Tree of Life, for example. The goo that he makes, you know? Which must be why he's so weak, because he was just blocking everything all at once. Literally, after spending your time trekking through this 20-hour 20, 20 game, you go in and you have a three-minute boss fight, which isn't special in any regard. It, it, yeah. uh, literally, uh, there were side quest boss fights that were much more difficult and, and interesting. There was the original boss fight, the, the Guardian guy, is yeah. that what he was called? That was pretty much the only boss oh fight Oh my god, it, it took me, I don't even know how many times of restarting and trying different tactics before I figured out how to beat that guy. Yeah. And, needless to say, when I did finally beat him, it was amazing. Yep. I mean, just everything about that particular boss fight, the art direction, his movement, how you had to beat him, it was really good. Right. And comparatively, this guy, you walk the in... The last guy in the game was just like... You just dodge around. It's like this guy named Steve who was just like, hey, what's going on? All right, let's do this. I oh, hold the keys. I'm dead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, you got me. Yeah. You got me right, right in the chest with that thing. Yeah, I beat him on the first try. And then you swan dive into a green pool, and then you are pretty much back at the end of Darksiders 1. Yeah. With no other context. No other... Other than uh, you have accomplished your goal. Which is the other true horror of this game, is that you have this, this amazing world and totally awesome characters, and it was ripe for um, really connecting to another part of the story arc. And since they did such an abysmal job of making the individual story of death compelling, what I was looking for in the end was, how are they going to tie this back to pushing the previous story of the apocalypse forward? Yeah. And they don't do that at all. At all. You're just right back where you started. Yeah. And since I wasn't attached in any meaningful way to the character of the world other than in the first level, I felt like, what the hell did I just play? Yeah, I mean, that was also kind of weird. It was it was weird that I, I can understand trying to tell a parallel story, but usually when you do that, you want it to actually increase the... Uh, joy or the interest or intrigue in the yeah. initial story. You learn a, you know, you, you learn yeah. a couple of things that or you like, couldn't see from the other side. Or like you know? learn like the ongoings of the politi like, you know, yeah, they'll yeah. tell the story of like the politics behind why certain things happen yeah, or stuff exactly. like that. But in this game it was literally just a parallel story that had almost yeah. zero effect on the other other game. Where's my brother? Well we know where he is. We already yeah. played that game. Yeah. Well I can't find him. Keep looking. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, he'll figure it out in the right, end. <laughs> right. We already know this. He's going to be fine. Oh, man. Um, well, what's good about the game? Well, once again, um, if, if I discount the lack of expansiveness of the last two worlds, the thought and the creative direction that was put into everything, both movement of the characters, the way everything looks... You know, even the even the um, script that's in the game, like some some of the words and stuff, that they like they just have a completely different, unique way of looking at this world. And like the art direction is just amazing from start to finish, in my opinion. It's just a little bit like they didn't capitalize on the potential of it in the last two areas. But once again, I mean, just as soon as I picked up the controller, I was like, God, this game looks awesome. Yeah, just amazing. 
Yeah. You know what's so fascinating to me? I look at, like, World of Warcraft or uh, Legend of Zelda, um, the Wind Waker, the one mm-hmm. released for GameCube. If you play that game right now, it actually still looks great. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's really funny because those hyper-stylized looks, like Darksiders has, they actually tend to... Like, you play Final Fantasy VIII right now, for example, which went for a more realistic yep. look, mm-hmm. and it just looks like shit. Yeah. Like, it just does not look that good. Um, I just find it fascinating that these sort of animated... I, I mean, maybe that's the fact that the, they require less polygons because they're so exaggerated. Like, they're, they're bigger, right? Mm-hmm. The curves are less subtle. There's fewer of them. They're, they're huge, for example. Yeah. And I find that games like that have this kind of style, actually, they, look, they, they don't age as terribly. Yeah, well, there's a certain uh, liberty that you get with, like, well, how does death move? Yeah. It's like, well... Except for when he's rolling the, you gotta oh, talk God. about the ball in. Okay, so yes, that's true. So, uh, the the anim- the character animations in Dark Siders have actually always been pretty excellent. They've been fabulous. And, and <laughs> but they're Matt pointed it out to me, and it was like, initially I didn't notice it because I'm just not. Uh, Matt's more detailed. I just just like bulldoze through things like a fucking idiot stumbling through life, and Matt's very meticulous in how he approaches. Like he'll notice something's off. Yes. And I didn't notice this until Matt pointed it out to me, so... So, there are little things about how death moves around the world that the level of detail and thought and polish that goes into how he moves is sometimes mind-boggling. For example, you open doors. Just like in any other game, you have to walk through doors in Darksiders 2. And every time you open a door, there's this animation where, like, death's, you know, spirit form kind of reaches out from behind you and these huge, like, death hands come. So it's not just, like, some guy and he's like, hey, I gotta get through this door, uh, click and walk through it. It's, like, this huge... Wow, my phone's ringing. Your phone's ringing. Talk uh, about fucking amateur hour. Amateur hour. You know, you make fun of me so much for all the shit I do, and look here. Actually, it's not my phone ringing, it's the timer for the parking meter. Oh, okay. Yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, so there's this animation where, like, these big hands come out and it's like, like, opens the door, and it's just like... Every time you open a door, it is satisfying. Yeah. So that's just one example of one of the just medial tasks that you do throughout the game. That well, just we really should take well a done. second to stop and reflect on the fact that your phone just went off and you harp on me all the time for the shit I do. I do. So I think you owe me an apology recorded. Okay. So you have these really <laughs> awesome animations about opening doors. And the thing that stuck out to me was that there is only one. There's only one animation in the game that is silly. And it's, and it's the one where you have to grab a boulder and move it, like a big huge rock, and use it to solve a puzzle by putting it in, you know, a holder that opens up a door or something. You rolling it. You roll it, yeah. You roll it from one side of a level to the other, and you place it in a square to open a door. And you do this, I don't know, maybe 20 times in the game. But it, it, it's the most common problem-solving, puzzle-solving mechanism. In fact, to a point where I was sick of it by the end of the game, actually. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's that kind of thing. And just like the door animation, it wouldn't have taken... Like, I, I know that they had the creative skill to make it look good. And instead what it looks like <laughs> is Death all of a sudden, like, sticking his hands up in front of him flat. Like, not grasping the ball. And right, it doesn't look like he is actually touching no. the ball. He's just, like, standing next to it, putting his hands on it. And then he shuffle steps. Like, literally just, like... <laughs> 
yeah. from side to side, and he's never really in control, and the ball just moves in front of you. And I was like, what the hell is that? This is just the worst animation. The shuffling would have been fine if it looked like he was actually gripping the ball. Right, and like for some reason it was just so heavy that he had to like salsa dance to the, you know, in order to get it to move. But seriously, it was indicative of like... Hey, we gotta get this out. We save this animation for the end. Hey, intern, make him roll the ball. It's <laughs> you know, just like, this is my best attempt at an animation. We just got this back from our animators in Korea. It's genius. It's amazing. It yeah. looks like he's pushing the ball with his mind. Yeah, so I mean, I, I'm sure I was able to, uh, when I was uh, trying to point this out to an, another friend that is probably not gonna play the game, um, just how bad it was. And it was, it was really funny because the scene that I actually, I just found some random YouTube video that kind of had the animation in it. But it, to, to my point, just in this little kind of three minute video on YouTube that I found, you see everything. You see how death moves, you see him swing a weapon, you see him open a door, you see him jump up a cliff, you see all these little things. And just in the span of that three minutes, you're like, wow, all of the little details are just amazingly well done. And then there comes the he, he rolls the ball and you're like oh my god which just I again I ignored but after Matt pointed it out it was like it was like the itch in your face that you're not supposed to scratch but constantly comes back I was just like I was constantly aware like a low hum you know and and I could never. I, it would just make it look ridiculous. It would just be ridiculous. I, I do agree with you that I normally notice more little things. I still have no idea how that didn't stick out to you the first time you saw it. Like it was, and it's because again the rest of them are so well done. It really does stick out. I was as soon as he started rolling, I was like, "What is going on? Yeah. Like, I, is this a glitch? Like, if I restart the game, is he not going to move that way?" Yeah. That, that's how bad it was. Yeah, it was pretty funny. It made me laugh every time, <laughs> for sure. I mean, it was. It's just like. There, were, there was a buggy game, too. A little bit. Yeah, you know, actually, I took two on purpose, not I had it, the I had it freeze on me several times. I didn't have that one. Yeah. Yeah, I know that you had, like, the full-on lock. I never had that happen. Yeah. Sorry. I never had that happen until um, I was almost finished with the game. Yeah. And I remember you and I having either a text conversation or an IM conversation where you were like, I can't believe you've never, and I believe I put the game on pause so that I could answer your text, uh -huh. and then when I unpaused the game, it froze, <laughs> and I was like, oh man, that is ironic. <laughs> and then I finally got one at the end, but yeah, it was, uh, there were some polished aspects that were not, not good. I, I mean, I think they just aimed too high. I, well, I think you have to caveat that with, I don't think they necessarily aim too high if what they were originally shooting for they really thought was possible. I just think that the level of what it looks like reconsideration that had to go on in order for them to finish the game, I don't think they adjusted to that very well. Yeah. Well, I remember the first Darksiders actually having delay issues. Mm -hmm. I remember briefly reading... And this one did too. Like, people were actually, like, surprised it was coming out because uh -huh. it took so long to make or something like that. Uh, which, I mean, because my history with it is... Uh, I pretty much was aware of the first one when I saw the reviews, and people mm -hmm. said it's actually a really good game. It's like Zelda meets God of War, and yeah. and uh, and and I found out that it was because the guy, the creative director there, former creative director, former, yeah. is actually my favorite comic book artist of all time. Um, and I just was really surprised that he did a game and it looked like his style. And mm -hmm. I, I immediately was like, well, I, I just got to pick this up. Yeah. Uh, 
And so they, they had scoping issues in the first one. The first one was half the size of this It game. was, yeah. But it was so tight. Like, it was, it was so... so it was better. the perfect amount of gameplay. Mm -hmm. And I feel like if they... When they changed a large element, when they changed who you were playing as and how they worked in the world, mm -hmm. they could still have that same tight amount of experience because it would be different. Mm -hmm. And if they had focused on that, then maybe we wouldn't have this issue that we did where they, like, pretty much two-thirds of the game is comparably uh, terrible compared yeah. to the first. Well, and it's, you know, to a certain extent, it's the same sort of issue that we, that you and I tend to go back and forth on with things like games like Assassin's Creed, you know, where it's like, I think too many times you get sequels of games in which the original core mechanic of the game is not revisited, which, you know, regardless of your opinion on that, then if you're not going to do that, if you're just going to keep the same character who does the same things in the game, and you want more people to buy it, I understand whether I agree with it or not, that you want to add in some other components to make it appealing. Right. But when you get into a situation like where we are at right now, with the difference between the, uh, the Assassin and Assassin's Creed 2 versus 3, you, they're changing so many aspects of the game, as far as just playing as that character, that you can argue that all I the other extra kind of, stuff... I think you're kind of jumping ahead here to another well, podcast. Fine, I'll stick with Darksiders then, right? Yeah. In my opinion the differences in both the characters, um, the, the, like what drives the character, uh, how they interact with people in the world, how they move, the weapons that they use, like the way that you had to play with death versus war in the first game is substantially different enough that I feel like they literally could have just taken Darksiders, put all of the new character stuff that they worked on as far as like how you actually play as the character and that would have been such a good game if they just like put you in the same sort of stuff and done the same sort of battles and it would have been really fun because I played... So that was an incredibly circuitous way of pretty much affirming what I just said. Okay, great. Yeah. Yeah, well, and but I was trying to reaffirm what I originally said too is that like... No, but I, but I mean, all I said was, I mean, as they could have had the same tight scenario with a different character. Oh, I didn't know that's what you were referring yeah, to. Yeah, that's exactly what uh, I was Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yes, yeah I agree you pretty much you. just jumped. You just, remember how we talked about who talks the most in these podcasts? This is that my, was a really good example. This is my job. <laughs> this is why you hired me. Um, I thought you were looking for a new podcasting I'm buddy. about to, yeah. <laughs> um, no, but like, yeah. What about like the whole uh, inventory management shit? You know, it was like... They really didn't need to have that. No. It would have been cool if you had specialized weapons, like you did in the first game. Yeah, well, and I, and I really like the idea of... But the uh, jumping puzzles were cool. I always love jumping puzzles. I, for some reason, that's just fucking joy for me. Like, Prince of Persia, love fucking trying to do all that. All of the puzzles. I mean, other than the rolling the, the rock around, all the right. puzzles were great. Yeah. Other than, the, like, the, the level of backtracking for some of the skills required was a little... It was, it was past Metroid Prime-type backtrack. It was like... A, a room nestled in the corner of a cave in the very first level. Yeah. And then you don't get that, you know, skill until the last boss. Mm -hmm. And you're like, I gotta remember to go back. I didn't even give a like, shit. Like, yeah, after playing that boss, I was like, you know what? I'm done. And then I put <laughs> it up for sale. <laughs> Literally, I, I just put it away and I put it up for sale. Yeah. It's... <sighs> it's What's really up with these games and these series that we love and these endings? I don't know, man. Why can't... What, what is so hard about endings? What's a great game with a great ending? I think the best ending... The two video games I played were I think the best endings, classically, were the Final Fantasy 4 and 6. 
They're great. I can't say I remember them enough to be able to agree with you. Or not. Um, I don't even remember. But what about modern games? Season. Modern Warfare, the original one, that actually had a really good ending. Um, I'm trying to think. Can you think of a game that you liked that had an ending that you? Well, the original Darksiders, we loved it. Yeah, it was, was perfect. Mm -hmm. You solved the dilemma, and then there's this hint. They of did that all tease, this, yeah, yeah, with the, like the, the horseman, the horseman like, oh, coming man, out of nowhere, yeah. and you're like, "This is gonna be awesome!" Yeah. Like this whole world is just great. Yeah, that was satisfying. That, that was, was an really exciting good. ending. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah, uh, the ending to Assassin's Creed Two. Brilliant. Assassin's Creed Two was brilliant. brilliant. It was unexpected. It was like. Took the series to this whole pseudo, like spiritual. It was it was insane. It was like you did not expect that ending. It was surprising, and it opened up so much interesting stuff that they could shit on in the next game. <laughs> that they shat on over the course of the next three games. Yeah, I don't know. I can't think of one. But Darksiders Two, the ending was definitely just. I mean, and, and it's everything. It's not just. It's not, not just the story. Right, it's conclusion. not just the whole Mass Effect 3, I don't know if I agree with what they did with the story type yeah. thing. And it's not the even the Assassin's Creed anywhere. It's like, wow, really? That's the path you're going to take? Yeah. It's, that, it's all of that plus the length of it. It literally takes place in like five seconds. Plus the boss battle, right? Just the everything quality about it. It's yeah. just like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, yeah it was terrible. Yeah, what a bad taste. Yeah, <laughs> and well, that's what it's going to leave us with, yeah, apparently. Yeah, isn't that just a major bummer? Yeah, it sucks. To go the, from the scope of, like, one of the greatest sleeper hits, almost never played this game, opened my eyes and made me think, wow, you can do this with art direction in a, in a video, in a modern video game? Yeah. To, wow, would never play that game ever again. Like, yeah. In, in the scope of two games, you know, it's like, wow, that's, that's how you ruin a franchise right there. It that's, sucks. It really does suck. So that's Darksiders 2. Yeah. I really, really didn't want to have to do this podcast. Yeah, well, now we're doing it. I think next up, what are we going to do? Probably three. Probably Assassin's Creed 3. That's good, because Assassin's Creed Revelations was our most popular podcast. Oh, really? Yes, over 100 people listened to it. Or maybe just 25 people or, or four times. Just me clicking the download <laughs> button all the time. <laughs> oh, Darksiders. Oh, okay, well, that's it for the Chips and Bit podcast. I am Kenny Myers. And I'm Matt. We're going to go cry ourselves to sleep now. That's true. Have a lovely day. Please do.